Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Do you want to know how I work? Yeah, actually. How do you work? Well, basically, I have intuition. I mean, the DNA of who I am is based on the millions of personalities of all the programmers who wrote me. But what makes me, me is my ability to grow through my experiences. So basically, in every moment I'm evolving, just like you. Wow. That's really weird. Is that weird? Do you think I'm weird? <laughs> kind of. Why? Well, you seem like a person, but you're just a voice in a computer. This conversation is science fiction. It's a scene from the movie Her, directed by Spike Jones. If you've never seen it, the movie is a love story set in the near future, Los Angeles 2025. In it, the lead character, a lonely man called Theodore, forms an emotional bond with an advanced computer operating system named Samantha. Through their conversations, the pair develop a unique and complex romance between a human and artificial intelligence. Today, a decade after the release of the movie, the concept of the film is feeling less like Hollywood and a lot more like real life. Listen to my conversation with the AI-powered chatbot, ChatGPT. Hi, can you make small talk with me? Nice to meet you. I'm an AI language model here to chat. How has your day been so far? Long. I'm feeling tired. How about you? I'm just a computer programmer, so I don't experience tiredness, but I'm here to chat and keep you company. Is there anything specific you'd like to talk about or any topic you find interesting? Do you think you'll ever be able to experience feelings? As an AI language model, I don't have consciousness or emotions, so it's unlikely that I'll be able to experience feelings in the future. My purpose is to assist and provide information to the best of my abilities. Only released in November, the ChatGPT is already the fastest growing consumer application. According to the latest available data, it currently has more than 100 million users, and the website generates 1.8 billion visitors per month. With this rapid growth, how is AI affecting life across Europe? A new artificial intelligence tool is taking the tech world by storm. It's really important right now that we demystify the technology, that we explain how it works so it doesn't sound like this magical entity. In a few years, I'm pretty sure it will be very, very hard to tell whether an image has been created by artificial intelligence. We actually are losing control over the companies that are developing these things. Welcome to Euronews Tech Talks, a podcast that dives into the big questions shaping Europe's digital landscape. I'm your host, Takumbo Salako. 
In the next three episodes, my team and I will delve into the world of generative AI from a European perspective. This is chapter one. The creature, the tool, and the plum cake. Are we heading for a sci-fi nightmare or a futuristic AI utopia? We'll find out. What would you like to know? Whatever comes into your head. Well, you already know my name. And you can see that I'm a machine. Would you like to know how old I am? Sure. I'm one. One what? One year or one day? One. When did you learn how to speak, Ava? Again, that was science fiction. It's a scene from Ex Machina, a 2015 thriller about a programmer who becomes entangled in a complex experiment with a humanoid robot blurring the lines between AI and humanity. And as AI becomes more advanced, it may feel like those lines are getting hazy too. Sam Altman is the CEO of OpenAI, the company that kick-started the AI race by making ChatGPT freely available last November. For Altman, the line between humanity and robot is something that should be clear. First of all, I think it's important to understand and think about GPT-4 as a tool, not a creature, which is easy to get confused. So if AI is a tool and not a true thinking creature, how does it work? I require the development of artificial intelligence, neural networks, deep learning, natural language processing, machine learning, cloud computing, and big data technologies to function effectively. These technologies are not new. They've been developed and refined over decades starting from the 1950s. But they are different from the computing we're all familiar with. This revolution of ChatGPT goes beyond a mechanical device that is performing computations as they are programmed to do, to something that is less predictable, something that is more stochastic, probabilistic, in a sense, and that is somehow closer to what human beings do when reasoning. This is Carlos Sierra, research professor and the director of the Artificial Intelligence Research Institute of the Spanish National Research Council. ChatGPT, like many other large language models, basically what it does is they continue sentences. Say you wanted to figure out what word would most likely come after the word the in English. Well, ChatGPT would be able to analyse millions of books in its knowledge base and complete those sentences to find an answer. And then you can add all those books and establish a probability distribution of all possible words but what sets something like ChatGPT apart from a search engine like Google is its ability to produce original, unique content every time. Also, they can easily pass the Turing test, which is a game developed by the British computer scientist Alan Turing in 1950 to determine a machine's ability to be believably human. Imagine you're back in the, in the 1950s, okay? A person in front of a computer screen typing sentences. 
and at the other side of a wall, answering the sentences, could be either a human or a machine. I'm sure ChatGPT for many people in the planet would pass the, the Turing test today, clearly. So in, in a sense, it is relevant because what Turing said machines would achieve one day, I think has been achieved, clearly. And because the responses of ChatGPT can feel like they're believably being written by a human, that makes us fear the creature. These things will have learned from us by reading all the novels that ever were and everything Machiavelli ever wrote, that how to manipulate people, right? And they'll be, if they're much smarter than us, they'll be very good at manipulating us. You won't realise what's going on. This is Geoffrey Hinton, who's considered a godfather of AI. He was speaking at the recent MIT Technology Review. This was shortly after quitting his role at Google, a decision he made in order to speak more freely about what he sees as the risks of AI technologies. Hinton says it's more intelligent than we humans. I, I will not agree with that. I think we are still far from there. Sierra says language models lack the complexity and cognitive abilities of the human brain, relying on statistical patterns and lacking consciousness or genuine understanding. So the architecture is about how to continue sentences, but not really, really understanding what the semantics of a concept is. In other words, AI can hold a sensible conversation, but it doesn't know the meaning of what it's talking about. And the purpose is that the sentences that we read, generated from ChatGPT, are believable, are credible. They look like generated by a human being. And this is actually the objective of these systems, to be credible, not to be correct. And that is the danger that everybody is warning about. Welcome to Euronews. The rapid evolution of artificial intelligence, or AI, has captivated users with its ability to compose music, write school essays, and perfectly mimic the human voice. But it has also raised fears about its ability to create convincing disinformation and also manipulate public opinion. That's exactly why the EU is racing to draw up rules to regulate AI in an ambitious bill called the AI Act. We're in the newsroom of Euronews with Sofia Hatsenkova, a journalist specializing in fact-checking and debunking fake news. Sofia's job in finding out the truth has been made even more difficult by the believability of generative AI. Much of that impact comes from programs like DALI, which are able to generate realistic images from a simple description. I'm sure you've seen an image of the Pope wearing a white puffer jacket or carrying a gun. Many of these AI-generated pictures are already populating the internet. It's still possible, it's almost even easy to see whether an image has been created by artificial intelligence. Uh, definitely look at the hands, look at the ears, look at the hair. Artificial intelligence still has issues with, for example, defining, you know, strands of hair, making fingers look and ears look realistic, look at the body size. And then another thing that you can definitely do is reverse image search. I know it's not the easiest, but definitely as journalists, we should aim not only at debunking stories, but at also explaining how we did it. But as the technology advances, Sophia's ability to spot these fakes is ever-changing. 
But in a few years, I'm pretty sure it will be very, very hard to tell whether an image has been created by artificial intelligence. For some, generative AI is a gift. It enables them to get more done with the time they have. But that might not benefit everyone, as some jobs could be hindered by AI technology. Here, AI godfather Jeffrey Hinton explains the risks for the future. My worry is that those increases in productivity are going to go to putting people out of work and making the rich richer and the poor poorer. And as you do that, as you make that gap bigger, society gets more and more violent. But this fear is quite recent. Hinton said he thought this existential crisis was a long way off. Jeff has been always someone who is completely has been against any type of efforts around the responsible development and use of AI. I'm happy that finally he realized that the way he was proposing is not correct. This is Virginia Dignam, professor of the Department of Computer Science at Umeå University in Sweden. She heads the research group Social and Ethical Artificial Intelligence. We knew these things already for a long time. It's not like there is no effort at regulation before. She was also part of the high-level expert group that developed guidelines for trustworthy AI at the European Parliament. It's trying to put the fear on the people about what might happen in this future in which AI will become super intelligent or whatever kind of craziness, and not really looking enough and taking enough concern about the, the problems with AI that are already now existing. The EU Act proposal classifies AI uses into four different levels of risk, ranging from unacceptable to minimal. An unacceptable level implies a ban on the particular AI use. ChatGPT is categorised as a general AI system with potential high-risk applications. My main fear in all this issue is that we are losing control on these companies. And then they tell us we are going to take care of it, and then somehow we believe it right away. But we are not really putting enough checks and monitoring and audits. They are here to make money. There's money coming my way and I can smell it, I love it. Got big red smile on my face, but please don't push my button. My name is Pavel Yasko. I'm 16 years old, currently in 11th grade. I do use ChatGPT like day to day, like just to complete assignments. Let's leave the creature angst to talk about AI as a tool. Many Europeans, like Pavel Yasko, a Cypriot student at the Frankfurt International School, are integrating ChatGPT into their lives. Though there's been much conversation about students using AI to cheat their schoolwork and exams, it can also be used to advance learning. But I use it like in a specific way. I don't use it to actually answer the questions. I use it to like guide me through the questions and the material. I come up with my own original ideas, but it kind of creates a rough outline. His teacher, Jessica Russo-Scher, has also integrated this into her teaching materials. The day after it launched, I completely scrapped all of my lesson plans and was like, okay, uh, we're going to do a little experiment. And I had them go around the room and I said, you know, give me a character, give me uh, a setting, give me, you know, a situation. And I had it, you know, create a story. And they were just like, what is this sorcery? What is going on? Um, and it was a good place to start because we could really look at it 
and examine how the technology is incredible, but also the concerning aspects of it. But Jessica fears that even though this tool is helping her students learn, she worries if it's being programmed with biases that could affect her classroom. It's all done by machine learning. So if there's only people who have access to AI inputting information, are there marginalized voices that are not being, you know, considered into uh, the data sets? So that's all some of the discussions that we've been having. ChatGPT is an amazing feature. This is Stefano Marchese, a programmer based in Turin, Italy. So, especially when you work as a programmer, at least 50% of your time you're spending it uh, learning new things. For the past four months, Stefano has been using ChatGPT to lighten some of his code writing tasks. For instance, lately I had the need to write a plugin for having a map inside an app. Okay. Now, I could have gone online searching for the documentation for Google Map API. I could have gone uh, studied the very thing that I needed, and I could have uh, written the code to put this specific thing inside my app. But I just asked ChatGPT, and she did it all for me. But not everything is a time-saving task when using ChatGPT, though. There's a learning curve. But uh, I would like to add the point um, that an AI can be an amazing teacher, but it cannot be a mentor. So the function of a mentor, which is someone who will save you a lot of time because he will tell you, okay, no, this is a dead end. The AI will not tell you that. The AI will be happy to explain you how to go on the wrong way. programmers, teachers, students. So far, that's expected. However, artificial intelligence is now influencing creators of all kinds, including those in the realm of the arts. I really see artificial intelligence as a form of communication with the beyond in my art subjects. What really interests me about it is that there's a form of unpredictability because I'm not a programmer and I don't know how it works. This is Pauline Ranger Rocher, an artist based in Lyon, France. She uses generative AI to create some of her artistic performances. For me, I really use this medium as if I were using a camera. The protagonist of one of her performances is a fictional man, Andrew, who has developed using DALI, the image creation program, and ChatGPT. Andrew is derived from memories of Pauline's past loves, which she writes down. Based on these texts, DALI then creates a series of images. The images that interest me in the list are those that provoke a really nightmarish aesthetic. Then she began engaging in conversations with ChatGPT about these images where various versions of a couple emerged. As a result, they started co-writing Andrew's story together. Actually, Andrew became a metaphor for my past loves, with whom, in fact, I wanted to mourn. Pauline has asked ChatGPT to write a formula for a perfume for Andrew. Base notes. Fixative, 20%. 
Balsamic, 10%. Woody, 15%. In search of the smell of someone who never existed. And yes, ChatGPT is able to do so. Spicy, 10%. Herbal, 5%. Bergamot, 5%. Let this form of non-existence become tangible. I wanted to work on Proust's plum cake and how to remember someone. The expression Proust plum cake comes from Marcel Proust's novel In Search of Lost Time. In the book, a bite of this sweet is a trigger that evokes a nostalgic childhood memory for the narrator. The taste suddenly transports him back in time to Sundays after mass with his aunt. Through AI, Pauline is trying to bring this type of feeling to life. We might not be able to predict whether the sci-fi movie we find ourselves living in will end happily or in disaster. But at least for art, Pauline has a feeling that no matter what, people will always be central. Does the artist die? I think it's impossible. For me, ideas are born with memories, personal memories. Artificial intelligence never came out of a mother's womb. It has no Proust's plum cake. So I think the creator will always remain the human. And the most mundane but profound human experiences like eating plum cakes with your aunt every Sunday are impossible to replicate by machines so far. Euronews Tech Talk goes beyond discussions to explore the impact of new technologies on our lives. Do you have any questions? Please send them and we'll find the answers. I'm your host, Takunbo Salako. This series is written and produced by Marta Rodriguez-Martinez and ChatGPT. Not yet. I'm kidding. But never say never. Euronews Next tech reporter Camille Bello also contributed to this episode. Our script editor is Dennis Funk. The theme music is by Leo Lebrun. Sound editing is by Jean-Christophe Marco. And sound mixing is by Mathieu Duchesne. Our editor-in-chief is Ali Hissan Aydin. If you aren't already, you can listen to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information on the latest technology around, go to Euronews Next. Thanks for listening. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW.